Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Paterka in the far corner. Open the scoring in this game. Here's Benson in front. Scores! Zach Benson, that's all he does is go to the net, and he gets rewarded here. The Sabres pick up their fifth of this game. It's 5-0 Buffalo. Pass in front, looking to tip that one towards the net. Kopitar trying to be a little creative there with Byfield. Near side, what a save by Lukanen! Oh man, as he rolls it over at the near post. You're listening to the Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Good morning, everyone. Zach Jones and Josh Schmidt hanging out with you for the next two hours. Right there, Dan Dunleavy on the calls. It won seven nothing, Josh. Look at that. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was fun. You were at the game last night. Yes, and it was the the crowd was great, which was really surprising. I I, I did see that there was chants for one, two, three, four, five, six. We want seven. There were chants. That there were fun. chants in English. There were chants in Spanish. There were chants in French. Yeah, apparently everyone had a Rosetta Stone on uh, on their tablets, apparently. Because we were sitting there, me and my girlfriend were sitting there, and all of a sudden we hear them go, uno, do, and I'm like, wow, they're doing it in Spanish. And then we hear it again, and we're like, that sounds very unfamiliar, because I don't know French. Mm-hmm. And then I, I hear, like, one number that I'm like, wait. Wait a second. That's French. Like, they're doing it in every language now. And, and that's it, good. It was, it was fun. And then there was this guy in front of us. He had insane energy. Like, we were at, let's see, we were counting up. Mm-hmm. To you know, seven or whatever we were mm-hmm. at, like where it was you know the Sabers are at six nothing and it's we want seven, and the guy stands up and he goes no we want eight, and I'm like buddy you missed a goal like we I get what you're saying but like and then we get to seven and he wants nine he wants twelve oh wow he just jumps to twelve and it's like I, I, I like where you're going dude but yeah, we, like I we, love the energy but like we're a little off down here a little like, bit yeah and, but it was it, the guy was like. He was really into it, and it was it, it, it made me have a good time. Like, and good. it wasn't really hard to have a good time in that game. I mean, that yeah. was, it, 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 and like I said, it was super surprising because I got there, and you know, you'd think with all the things that have been going on, like, crowd wouldn't be that good. It's mm-hmm. a Tuesday night game, whatever. It was pretty full. Like, it felt full when everyone stood up, stood up for the anthem. Like, it looked like a good game. Like, it looked like there was a lot of people there and everything. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's spots, obviously, of but course. like the three hundreds were. They're like loaded. Like it looked pretty good. And they showed it too. Like the fans that were there, including myself, we were 
very into it. <laughs> and, and it but it, <laughs> made it, so. it, it made it easy that the Sabres scored early and they kept scoring. I mean, what was it, 3 nothing at the end of the first period? Yeah. And so, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, they were on top of L.A. early and never really stopped. Mm-hmm. You also got a lot of depth scoring. Jordan Greenway had three points last night, including two goals. Two goals. Yeah. Zach Benson, I mean, you heard it there. Um, he, he just kind of refused to score, like, a normal goal. Yeah, he, it, he, it's he never— It's only wicked. He never just shoots it coming down the wing. He's got— to like, he's gonna fall down. He's gonna do weird dangles. He's gonna use thing. the other end of his stick, yeah, and like slide it into the net, or like insane, head it off of his head like a soccer goal or something. Next, Jacob like, Bryson had two assists last night. He, I found that out this morning, right before we went on air, because I was looking at the stats real quick, just because I knew Greenway had three, but I'm like, all right, who had multiple point games? And I'm like, Jacob Bryson, interesting. It was also two assists. it was his first points since I think. I'd be able to look it up, but my computer decided to update as we were coming into the show. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, but I think it was 2023 of last season. So March of 2023, I think, is when he had his last point. <laughs> oh, wow. So good for him for, you know, getting out there. But it's also crazy because they're 6-0 and when Jacob Bryson's in the lineup yeah, which this season. Yeah, it doesn't feel real. does not feel real. It, it's strange. But, hey, if it works. If it works, it works. And then along with that, as I said, 7-0, and that's what? Ukulpekalukanen's fourth shutout this year, fourth shutout of his career too. Of his career, amazing. He has been so good. Thirty-three saves last night. He really has become something special. Yeah. Like in, in in a relatively lost year, he has been one of the lone bright spots. Well, it's Long, not... him. JJ Paterka has been very very good. Yep. Benson, Benson, Benson. The prospect of Benson is great. Yeah, it's not like his Benson. his output is is anything. Like, oh, my God, look at him go. Yeah, no, no, no. That was his first goal in, like, a month. Yeah, it's been but, a little bit. But when he's not scoring, he still looks like a great player because he's all over the ice. He's Last night, I think he almost got in, like, two or three fights. It was crazy. Like He's scrappy. He was getting after it with, like, Philip Deneau. Yeah, he's and, something. And, and and mind you, Zach Benson isn't the tallest, biggest no, guy. And no, he's also 18. Yeah. You're going up against Philip Deneau, who is probably one of, at, at the time, at one time was one of the better players in the mm-hmm. NHL, like in terms of, you know, free agent and trade piece and all that stuff. But it was just really funny to see him like kind of go after the guy and just start jawing after. It wasn't like he was responding. It was, he started it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, and, and it's, yeah. it's great to see. Cause you don't like, he, that's where I think he looks kind of like Jeff Skinner. Cause Jeff Skinner does that too. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's great. But like, you also have to look at last night, the Sabres blocked 28 shots for Lukanen. That. That's insane. There were probably, you know, seven of them in the last two minutes of the game. I, I remember yeah. I saw Dylan Cousins go down in front and kind of take one off the back. And yeah, yep, and yep. That was per- first of all, that was really scary. I was like, oh no, here we go. Like Cousins is going to be out now or something. But mm-hmm. he was fine. He got up, shook it off, and whatever. But it's it's not like this team has had issues like playing for each other. But moments like that where it's you know guys are laying themselves out on the line to get their goalie a shutout, that's, like, important pieces that we haven't seen throughout this drought of selflessness of a team to just go out there and do it. Yes. Granted, it has not nearly been the, like, it's not the top of the issue box. Mm -hmm. Like, there's other things going on. But that is one of the components that you like to see more. And you've seen that a lot this season and last season, where, you know, these guys are playing for each other, they're going out there, and they're just playing together. Yeah, it's just I wanted to get the positivity out of the way early. Oh, believe me, I, I because it's hard. It's hard being this positive, but it's also not. 
because it's, it's, tr- it's tricky. It's a my, weird spot to be in. Yeah, and my point is with them, and, and we were talking a little bit before I got in here today, of just like, all right, like we're, we're going to talk about the Sabres, and you kind of got excited because you're like, I'm going to force you. And I'm like, I, I, yeah, but you're not going to love what I have to say. And you're like, no, don't worry. I, I think we're thinking the same thing. <laughs> and for me, it's just it's a little too late. You know, I, like, look, I had fun watching it. I That's the first full Sabres game I've watched in, like, f- a month and a half. And I had a great time doing it. I, I loved it, you know, the whole thing. And I still sat there at the end going, cool. So now we're going to go back to the offensive style of play. Now we're going to go to where, like, they're they're going after everyone. They look like they want to put people on their back foot immediately. They started the game off fast. They look like they were confident again. It's, it's great. You waited till mid-February. And, and even then, we're saying all this. Like, it, like it, it might be a turning point game. It's a really good chance they get blown out by Florida at home. Because they can't really win at home very often. And it's just, they're going to have to do a lot of work. A lot of work for much of the fan base to really get people to even be relatively engaged again. Let alone fully believing they're good. And a lot of it too, also for me, comes from Ukopekalukanen having great games last week. I mean, great games. And in three games you scored a total of three goals. Games you probably should have won. Because you were getting great goaltending performances. And he was 0 for 2. I mean, like, just... It, it's very... It's so, so frustrating, man. And, and like, we talk about it a lot off-air. And we talk a lot about it on-air. Just how frustrating they have become as an organization. Where it's just... I don't know where to go from here. I want them to make a trade. I want them to do something at the deadline that signals, like, this year was not good enough. You know, we've, we've removed this piece and we brought in this guy. Or, you know, we realize, like, we can't have all of our prospects. We've moved a few of them because now we're going to go this way. I don't think they're going to do it, man. I think, they, I think they already have, based on how this operation has worked for the last few years, as long as Granado and Adams have been here, they have their excuse ready-made. It's already there. Oh, guys, we were too injured. We never really got to see what this team really could be. You know, Jack Quinn got hurt in July. I mean, how could we recover? And and that's that is where I just I they need to show me something. Kevin Adams was on air yesterday with Shopin the Bulldog, and I left that kind of just being like lukewarm is probably the best way to put it. I left his appearance on on our station very lukewarm of just like, and I don't think Adams meant it in a bad way. But for me, as somebody, as one of those fans that is worried this organization doesn't want to make moves or isn't willing to make moves, for him to go out there and really kind of get assertive about the fact that, yeah, Casey Middlestat, sure, I'm taking calls because I would be bad, you know, the GM talker, I'd be bad at my job if I wasn't taking calls, which it's the bare minimum, brother. Like, it's the bare minimum. <laughs> right. For him to kind of get up on his high horse and say, you know, yeah, like I'm not in the in, in the mood of trading away core pieces, and and actually, you know, it, you know, we're thinking we're probably going to you know sign him to a contract and keep him here. How many of these guys are you going to bring back who haven't made the playoffs in what's going to be 13 years to long term deals? In the one year where they had expectations, they. Josh, it is like a horse race, and the horse right out of the gate fell down. That was the Sabres year. 
So many people were putting money on them. It was exciting. National people were liking the Sabres and liked the plan that they were doing, and they fell right out of the gate. And they never really got up. They kind of were just dragging their face across the dirt because, for whatever reason, the coaching staff decided, yeah, that whole fun run-and-gun style that we had, that the fans, I mean, embraced and adored, um, stop that. You should never not, do it again. You never do it again. We are going to go so aggressively defensive with a team that can't really do that style. And we're going to do it literally until it's too late. And, yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to learn to love it. It's just, man, it is frustrating. We were talking today, too. They are not even one of the worst teams in hockey. They're not. No. Their goal difference is minus five. They are getting good goaltending. They have good players on this roster. But, man, this team seems to get in their own way way too much. They start off on, on deficits constantly. Oh, it feels like almost every night. Their, their special teams, their power play specifically, is offensive. It really and truly is. Get the puck to Thompson on the one time. I don't care if he's covered. Figure out a way to do that. And that is just so ridiculous that we're still sitting here with the same power play and the results are radically different from last year. I mean, what was the stat? It was maybe a week ago, but the stat was, you know, Thompson had 20 power play goals alone last year. The Sabres have 20 this year as a team. What are we doing, man? What are we doing here? And that's where, like, as much as last night was a blast, and I look at their schedule and go, man, they should be able to go on a, win- on a winning streak here. They should be able to get above 500. They got Florida tomorrow, but Florida plays tonight against Pittsburgh, so they're going to be on a back-to-back. So you're likely getting a backup goaltender. It's at home. You should be able to get them. Then you get Minnesota on Saturday. Minnesota's not been that great. Maybe get them. Then on Monday, you get Anaheim. Anaheim's terrible. They'll probably lose two of those three. You did also lose to Anaheim in the West Coast trip. You did lose to Anaheim in the West Coast trip. So you will lose two of those three. And, like, that is my thing is just they still have not won three games in a row, Josh. We're in mid-February. It is Valentine's Day. They have not won three games in a row. Bad teams do that. Just on a whim. Just like a, oh, wow, it happened. Hey, I mean, solid week. It ruined our draft position, but solid week. We can't even do that. I think that's been the most frustrating part of this season is because they are literally the definition of mid. Like, it's you're winning one, you're losing one. You're winning the one, you're losing one. The worst place to be in like, sports. It, you're not good enough to make the playoffs, and you're not bad enough to get a good draft pick. And you're also not good enough for players to want to come play for you. I think that's the biggest issue with the Sabres right now. Yeah, the now. toxicity around the team is still there. It right. is oh even, so still even there. Even though the, the, the team itself, like the, the players, aren't, well, from what we know, they aren't toxic towards each other. Like that's No, what no. It seems there, anyway. There's been no reports of that at all. Like, it, it's, it's still... A couple weeks ago, they put out the the athletic put out their player mm-hmm. poll. Buffalo was third worst and on cities be. to play in, not be here, like as a team mm-hmm. play in as an away opponent. The only teams that beat the Sabers out were Winnipeg and someone else, but that's because Winnipeg's arena is like forty five minutes outside of the city. Is it really? It's weird. So it's like Ottawa. Wow. I didn't yeah, know it's that. weird. Oh, but but. The thing is, is is you can, like, look at last year. Last mm-hmm. year, the Sabres played great. Tage Thompson looked electric. Cousins was coming into his own. Paterka and Quinn had, like, that, like, next step. You, you could, you, oh, you had man, you so could see the many, signs. Yeah, you, you had so many signs. signs. And, yes, you can't predict 
regression. But you also can't sit there and say, well, these guys are all going to progress. Like, some of these guys aren't going to progress. Some of them are. Some of them are going to stay the same. I mean, look at Paterka. Like, Paterka has absolutely progressed. He's right. the team's leading scorer. Exactly. But my point goals there... Goals-wise. I think goals-wise. Goals-wise, yeah. But my point there is it's great that the management and the coaches believe in this team, but you can only believe in them so much. You can only give them so much credit until you have to say, all right, well, you're not working out. You're not getting better. You're getting worse. Mm-hmm. And it's time to do something new. Not Maybe not necessarily trade that player. Because, yes, Tage Thompson's regressed, but I'm yes. not saying trade Tage Thompson. But you bring someone else in. You shake things up. You make someone uncomfortable. Hey, this guy's coming in. I, I'm just throwing names out there. Brock Besser. I, yeah, I, mean, he, look, he, look, I don't think he'd is, ever be a guy. Is, but, but you bring in a guy like a, like a Brock Besser. Mm-hmm. Or, or look what Vancouver did where they brought in Elias Lindholm. Yeah. And you make your other players say, hey, that guy could take my job. Yeah, it's I got to start playing sports. Right. Like they're not. I mean, yes, are they kids? This is a very young team. They're all like twenty. They're all 25. around our age, <laughs> but they've been involved in near pro hockey most of their lives. Right. To get to that position, they've kind of had to be a part of like near professional organizations. Yeah. They know the job. They know the organization, or they know the the foundation of it. But you got to make them uncomfortable. Look, initially, I think Renato's idea of no, I need to build everyone up, everyone's confidence up, worked wonders initially. because well, yeah, the but team's confidence seems to be was... your only way to get people to be motivated. Yeah, it is going to cause problems. It feels like this team needs a miracle level speech, either from the fans or the coaching staff, to even get up on a Tuesday night. I mean, it took what fire Donnie chance for them to be like, yeah, we really don't like hearing that. Great, win some games, and then he won't get fired. I mean, come on. Like, oh, you 15? Why do we have to have these conversations? Just be a good team. You have talent. You show it often. And that's also where, like, you look at you, you look at leadership, which this team has lacked since the drought started. And Kyle Poso is a great leader, but is he that guy that gets them motivated every night? Is he, you know, the rah-rah, like, let's go, guys. Like, we got to go win this. Like, I, I, and, yeah, and, and like you said, you don't need, you shouldn't need that every night. But at the same time, there are moments where you need that. And if it's not there, then what are you going to do? I hate being like, this guy, and, and I'm going to be this guy. Why are him and Gergensen's here? I, and, and I mean this like, that, look, it's nice and it's a fun story that they've been the leaders. It's here. a business. It, it's not. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's a business. They haven't done anything here worth anything. Right. They're nice, fun stories. That's it. And you signed them both back in free agency, locking up any chance that you're going to have some of your nice prospects moving up. Or, I don't know, go get better goal scorers who are actually going to do something for your high-flying offense who could allow you to have depth scoring. No, no, we need leadership. What's Darlene and Tuck doing here? Even Tate. You know, they're actually talented players who are also considered up-and-coming leaders. Dylan Cousins. Why'd you, br- why'd you bring in Eric Johnson if you need more leaders? Yeah, this like- is absurd. It's absurd. It's it's one thing to sit there and say, you know, Ocposo and Gergensen are leaders and they're veterans on the team. They've been here the longest. But then you go out and you bring in a complete outsider in Eric Johnson and say, well, oh, well, he's going to lead the defense. Yeah, great. He's he gonna, can't play. Yeah. He, he can block shots and he can play on your penalty kill. That's not what you needed. Yes, that's part of the equation, but you needed a defenseman to do everything. You needed someone that could play alongside Darlene, like Erasmus Anderson in Calgary. Yeah. He's available, kind of. Like kind of make a hard deal. Go go get aggressive. Trade Matt Savoy and Isaac Roseanne. And well, hey, you guys are great prospects, but we need to get better now. Yeah. And 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 judging from what 
Kevin Adams said yesterday with Shobin Bulldog is it seems like he doesn't want to trade any trade for futures. He wants to trade for players. For now, yeah. And it also seems like he doesn't want to trade Casey Middlestat. So there's only one other group of people he can the trade. The prospects. That would make a, a yeah. worthwhile addition. Because there are players he could trade, but it's you're going to get probably the same kind of player in return or you're going to yep. get draft picks. Speaking of the trade deadline, it's time now to get connected to our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Let's go to Nick, who's hanging on the line. Nick, good morning. How are we doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I was just wondering if you think that they should go after like a top-end forward, another depth forward, or like a stay-at-home defenseman kind of guy at the deadline, get rid of some of these top-end prospects we got because we just have way too many. Mm-hmm. There's just no room for them. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Thanks for the call. And and that's my point is like there's too many prospects. They're not going to find spots on this roster, especially if you sign Casey Middlestad to a long term deal. Maybe not seven years, but if you sign to a long term deal, that's another forward spot. You're not bringing up your prospects. And this is where uh, our own Brayton Wilson has brought this up a lot. He's over at WBEN, comes in and fills in on GR as well. He's brought up Logan O'Connor often for the Colorado Avalanche as someone who's on their third line but is sitting here at a career year, 13 goals, 12 assists, 25 total points, and he's on their third line. He also adds speed, and he's relatively young. He's not in his 30s. I believe he's about 26, 27. So you'll, he, he comes in, he fits the project you're doing. He's 27. 27. He fits the project you're doing, and he actually adds depth scoring. And he adds speed. And he's price effective. And he's price effective. He's at a million-dollar contract this year and next year. So you're not really adding anything to the cap either. So, no. And that's not even really an issue for the Sabres because they have cap space. They have cap space. It's not if, like if you're, you want to go defenseman. I know Hannafin's name has been brought up often. The for only like problem the with Hannafin is he's a left shot. He's a left shot defenseman. So it's there. you're running into like, okay, yeah. there's too many of you. We have to we have to move off of one. You're running into the logjam. Like, there's yeah. also, and I, I like the idea, but it, I feel like they'd have to pay too much. Um, Sean Walker in Philadelphia. Okay. He's a right shot defenseman. He's got 17 points. Not really an offensive defenseman, but he can, you know, do that. But it's more of a this is a guy you put with Rasmus Dallin to say, hey, just give me the he's puck. gonna go up the ice and you're gonna stay right here. Yeah, just and give, you're gonna just give make me the sure puck we don't and be sound defensively. That's yeah. it. And and he's been one of the key pieces for the Flyers, so I don't even know if he'd get traded, but if he did, I think he'd be a lot more of an asking price than any GM should pay yeah, because he's a UFA at the end of the year. Mm, he's okay. maybe just in a good system. Like we've seen a lot of strange things come out of Philadelphia this year with John Tortorella as head coach. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of have a bold prediction for next year of even though Philly looks great right now, mm-hmm. that John Tortorella effect is going to wear off Oh yeah, and they're going to just nosedive. Cause that's, that's what happens with him with every team. He's great for like two years and it's because the players are like, yeah, like we like this, like, you know, Tough guy system, and, and we're gonna but, but we're gonna you. work our asses off and, and be good yeah. at hockey. And then after a while, you become Cam Atkinson, where it's like, hey, get this guy away from me. Like, yeah, like he's I'm crazy. Ex- I'm mentally exhausted, yeah. and I hate coming to right. work every day. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the guys I've been looking at. But it, like I said, I think that'd be too much of a price to pay mm-hmm. just for a rental where you're probably still gonna miss the playoffs. Because if it, now if it was a sign and trade, I might be more open to it. But mm-hmm. I'm more into Rasmus Anderson or a younger. Yeah, side on guys the that things. like I'm trading forward now to see what they are this year, but also going into next year. Right, and there, mm-hmm. and if you're looking at forwards, one guy that popped into my head, Anthony Mantha on Washington. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, this holy cow like this guy's amazing, but he's got 23 points in 43 games. 
He's a little expensive right now. He's UFA at the end of the year. If you can get him to maybe sign back, maybe that's somebody that can help you out next year as a Good depth team. scorer. Yeah. But, you know, that's potentially running into the same issue of, hey, it's, you know, not the same effect, but it's, hey, it's Zemgus Gergensen's. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're scoring 15 points and you're just your entire taking career. up. Your, well, Mantha's not that way, mm-hmm. but Mantha could be, you know, trending that way, like with age and, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Got to take our quick, our first time out here if you want to join the conversation. What do you think the Sabres should do with the trade deadline? Do you want to see them kind of just stay the course, move back to that offense style of play and just try to make a, a run of the playoffs now? Or do you want to see them start trading pieces, start actually kind of shaking it up a little bit? would love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here until 12 here on the Extra Point Show when you're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What I can tell you on Case in particular, and I know there's been some reports out there that we're shopping him. That could not be further from the truth. That is just flat out not true. And I will tell fans that are listening, I know there's blogs and there's all these different rumor sites. I would say almost all of the stuff you probably see is just not true. Sabres General Manager Kevin Adams there on his appearance with Chopin the Bulldog from yesterday. If you missed that, you can find it on our website, WGR550.com, or on the Odyssey app. And, uh, yeah, there, I mean, just obviously every single rumor you've ever heard is uh, factually incorrect, obviously. Well, I mean. It's the standard in sports. Every rumor you hear about anybody is wrong. This is. See, until, we, until until it's proven true, and then it's, well, yeah, you know, people were saying this, but that was not it. But, see, look, we did trade them. We, we were talking about this before the show of look at the Islanders with Lou Lamarillo. Now, Lou Lamarillo, I'm convinced, thinks that it is 1984 and the Oilers, or the Islanders have just won their fourth cup in a row. But regardless, he keeps everything in house. Man, they did do that. They I, like, did. They went on I can't, four I don't, in a row. I don't like the Islanders. I looked this up the other day with the Chiefs obviously winning two in a row. Mm-hmm. The last team to have won a, three in a row in American sports is the LA Lakers. But in the same article, it was like, yeah, and then like out of nowhere, the Islanders won four Stanley Cups in a row in the 80s. And I'm like, they did do that. Like, like I'm pretty I know sure, that, but it always catches me by surprise. I'm pretty sure the Edmonton Oilers didn't even do that with Gretzky. I don't think they did. I, I don't think and they did. And that's the part that shocks me more. But my, my point there is, is Lula Murillo never, ever, ever 
lets any rumors out. Mm-hmm. When the trade happens or when a signing happens, he's the one that's reporting it. And it and it was never like, oh, well, like this might happen with the Islanders here. No, it when that Bo Horvat trade happened last year, it was, hey guys, Bo Horvat's an Islander. What? Like, all right, I where, guess I guess where did he that is. come from? Like, all right, sure. Like that's that's what I like about him. And that's like the only good thing I, about him I, as a GM. But I but, feel like with that though, it's gotta be like he truly like wakes up the day of the trade and goes, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> like, like, and like yeah. doesn't like, really think of anything else. It's all else. just like in his head, and then like the day of, he's like, "All right, guys, I got it figured out. We're gonna do this, that, and the other thing. They need this person. We need that person. Give them a call, and I bet you they take it. And then they they call him up, and oh yeah, Bo Horvat for Anthony Bavillier and a like that first works. Round. Cool. All right, yeah, that's exactly what we want. And then there it is. But it, but it has to be. Like I said, I, I I wonder about how. You know, that whole rumor thing's going with Casey Middlestad. Like, I, I'm not saying I don't believe Kevin Adams, but at the same time, like, there's there's got to be something going on here where at least teams are calling. Like, mm-hmm. we know that. But I just think that with Casey Middlestad, it makes more sense now to trade prospects rather than keep him. 100%. Like, it, it just, it he's one of your more consistent players over the past three years. Say what you will about when he first got here, but he was 18 years old. Not doing what Zach Benson's doing. He was 18, clearly should have been down to the minor. Right. And the Sabres were like, we need to sell tickets. Yes. Middle stat you're in. And he's like, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure about are that? Are we 100% positive? But that's where it's like, you know, I'm okay with trading middle stat if it's the right package, but I'm more so on board with trading these prospects at this point. Like, I love all the prospects. Don't get me wrong. But you can't I love keep the prospects. Everybody. I'm with you. I love the prospects. But it was always a thing as they were accumulating all this talent, it was always a thing of, I love what the prospects could bring the Sabres, yes. whether it be themselves personally as players or as them as trade pieces. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, as of right now, up to this point, the Sabres have looked at them just as the players rather than, hey, we could package two of you guys and get like an immediate 24, 25-year-old defenseman, 24, 25-year-old winger mm-hmm. who will come in and immediately make us better rather than essentially doing their rebuild or retool, whatever you want to call it. On slow motion, which is kind of what it's been. It has been like every month is going to be the slow grind rather than like taking some leaps and bounds when it feels appropriate. Speaking of that, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Chris in Lancaster on the line. Chris, good morning. How are we doing? Good. How are you doing, guys? Doing very well. Good. So I'm kind of glad you guys are bringing this up or talking about this because I've been saying this now for a couple of years. Like you, you can only have so many prospects. Like all these guys that we have aren't going to play here. Exactly. It's just the reality of it is. You know what I mean? So you, you, you're only allowed so many contracts, whether it's two-way contracts, NHL contracts. So you have to do something. You know what I mean? Like I just said, you know, the reality is all these guys aren't going to play. Um, and then secondly, I, I just – I don't – I hate to badmouth the way that Adams has kind of re-signed players or whatever, but I just the, – the Matias Samuels thing to me, it, it could be genius four years down the road when this guy's making whatever he's making, five or six million or whatever. But I think you have to – take that with the fact that he's only going to play 60 games a year because he's just constantly constantly hurt he's looked awful this year Owen Power has looked awful this year the, the one thing I will say that's been different in years past the, the goaltending is not the issue this year the goaltending has been unbelievable to be totally honest they, they've kept him in games and five on five they're they're really good power play they're atrocious which is the same unit they've had the last couple of years so how that's decided not to work this year is kind of mind-boggling but um the yeah the, the prospect thing to me is you just you you got to start flipping some of these guys 
because it, it's just like I said, you're, you, not everybody's going to sign here, or not everybody's even going to play here. Um, and then lastly, just real quick, if you guys don't mind, and I, this could be, I could be way off topic here, and, and people might not agree with me, but the way they handled Devin Levi, I think, was completely, completely wrong. Um, in my opinion, the, the, the worst thing that could have happened was the way he played last year in those seven games because everybody just assumed he's good to play 30 or 40 games here. And I mm-hmm. I still think he's another year away, at least in Rochester, of playing up here. It's just, it's almost like, I almost compare it to Gabe Davis. He had a huge monster game against Kansas City a couple of years ago where he had 200 yards and four touchdowns and everybody just anointed him at the second mm-hmm. receiver. And I just, I don't think he was ever going to be a second receiver. That's just not, not in his DNA. You know what I mean? He's a perfect third receiver that catches three four balls a game for 50 yards not a guy that's going to get 10 targets a game because that's just not him but I kind of thought the same thing with with you know with leave I just I really honestly think he's at least another year away like to, to throw this kid in the net for 30 or 40 games coming off a college season where I can't remember the stat but like 90 percent of college kids that play co- that play college hockey don't even see an NHL ice service it's a completely totally different game you're going from playing two weekends, you know, two, two days in a row or three days because of NCAA regulations to play in every day in the NHL. It's just a totally different animal. You guys know that, but mm-hmm. that's it. And I'll just take your comments off air. Awesome. Chris, thanks for the call, man. Uh, I agree with most of that, if not all of it. That Gabe Davis comparison, is, that, that's a really, really good We comparison. were sitting here with our mics off, and we both went, oh, <laughs> I like that. And, it, and you know what, though? We'll, we'll start from there and then go backwards, because I, I do want to jump on that Samuelson point. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really like what he said there. But, yeah, on the Levi point, the thing is, and, and, and to a certain extent, yeah, I think Chris is spot on, that those seven games, him playing well, really kind of set a bad mindset for a lot of Sabres fans if he's going to come right in and just be right. good, yeah. even though – when you looked at like Ryan Miller and and um and his award winning seasons at Michigan State compared to Levi and his award winning seasons at Northeastern, Miller played like an astronomically more amount of games because he played longer in college than Levi, and so there was that kind of feeling. But people were starting to kind of ignore it because there was sort of this feeling of like, yeah, but Levi's different. He's one two. Uh, it's not Hobie Baker. What's the what's the college hockey? Mike Richter. Mike Richter. He well, won the the goalie. One. The goalie. Yeah, one, yeah. The Mike Richter award. He won two Mike Richter awards. First ever goalie to do so. But I think the award got announced or created in like the nineties. So yeah, but sample still, size is not huge. Still, but yes, but yes, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. And so there was this feeling that he was going to be different than college goalies beforehand. I will tell you, man, it was early on in this season. It was the goal that wasn't from like across ice. And he just misplays his entire. I can't remember who it is against, but it's like uh, Calgary. Calgary. I was I was at the game. I was at the end. That's because right, we're texting about and it. And I was right. watching yes. it. And I was like, wait a minute, that went in. And and even he had the same sort of reaction of like, oh my god, that it, went in. It went in. And I saw <laughs> that, and I went, oh baby, like like it like we are pushing the envelope here of him being up in in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And has he had some good performances in Buffalo? Yeah, he's incredibly talented. He will be a great goaltender. I think he's so. He's currently a, I don't even know, I, I don't want to call it a flash in the pan, but it's like you have those moments where it's like, yeah, that's great, but you don't have the consistency. It's because he's, he's a 21-year-old rookie. Right, and Uka Pekalukunen is giving you that consistency. He has played, he's 7-5 he's and five in, his, in his past 12 games, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that record doesn't look great, but... He's got like a 1.6 goals against average. Yeah, it's, like he's it's been only, not by him. He's only let up, like in his last five games, mm-hmm. he gave up three goals to Anaheim, 
Two goals to San Jose, two goals to Dallas, two, three goals to St. Louis. One of the goals against St. Louis is an empty netter. The other goal against Dallas, I believe, is an empty netter. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong there. But still. And then that, there was that one game against Vancouver a couple weeks ago where he lets in one goal, but the Sabres can't buy one. They has, they hit the post four yeah, times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they lose one nothing. That's the thing. It's not You're not losing 6-3 to three anymore. You're losing 2-1, 3-1, to 1-0. One. Two nothing because like, it, it's been a big thing. Like they can't score this year. It's been a huge thing. Right. I will say on Levi, by the way, his stats down in Rochester. Uh, he's three two and two, uh, three wins, two losses, two overtime losses, goals against two point five seven. So I mean that's that's pretty darn good. He's, that's, he's yeah. well he's well under three goals against. Right, that's pretty good. And then his, his save percentage is nine twelve. Okay, yeah, that's that's what you want him to be doing, and you want him to be pushing those guys to the playoffs because that you also have Yuri Kulik, mm-hmm. Isaac Rosan. You have those kinds of players on Rochester, and you want them to be, you know, getting better and yeah. and getting in that winning mentality, that winning environment. You don't want your AHL to just be, yeah, well, we got a bunch of veterans down there and like a couple prospects. Yeah, we, and we just really want like, Rochester to be awesome. Yeah, like we we we're gonna put like you know guys that could probably be on a fourth line somewhere in the NHL, but they're on the first line in the AHL scoring like eighty points a year, mm-hmm. looking great. It, it, that's not what farm teams are meant to be and sometimes they become that just because of how good the big club becomes yeah but with rochester in the position the sabers are in with their prospects and stuff that should be one of the best teams in the ahl and they're not yeah and that's also where you have to look at and say okay why are they not this good maybe we should start moving off some of these prospects Mm -hmm. and while their value is still there right yeah, so because, I mean I mean to the caller's other point though too, like like not everyone's gonna be able to sign contracts. Mm-hmm. I think for me, my my more fear is that they're going to wait too long to where Matthew Savoy still not being on H- and on NHL roster, all of a sudden yep. he goes from a guy that was picked in the top ten of his respective draft class to all of a sudden a guy who cannot make an NHL roster on a Sabres team that is in a third going on to a thirteen year playoff drought. And just that being around the prospect, let alone the fact that he has picked up some injuries. And he is not scoring amazingly in the WHL. All of a sudden, that becomes a thing of, okay, well, what's the value on this guy? Now, all of a sudden, a top 10 pick you had that is not making a roster isn't even getting you anything in return because you took three years to decide if he was going to be a Sabre or somewhere else. That scares me. Yuri Kulik and Isak Rosan playing on Rochester this year. I don't know how they've been stats-wise. I, I, I mean, We've had spots where they've both come up to the Sabres. So, uh, Roseanne more than Kulik. Kulik played one game. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's not, it, it's, it was an injury kind of night. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we need somebody to come up. Here's your shot. Yeah, and go. He didn't really do anything. He didn't do much. But you can't really fault him for that at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like that's, that, that's a big part of me too, is like, you cannot wait forever to trade some of these guys because then eventually what they give you isn't anything. Right. And then on Isak Roseanne, by the way, 39 games played this year. 27 points, 11 goals, uh, and then I'll try to get Yuri Kulik here as fast Kulik as I can. Kulik has uh, 25 points in 33 games, 16 goals, and 9 assists. Okay. So, I mean, so they're about the same. Solid years overall, not, yeah. nothing nothing crazy, not bad. But that's also, your again, I, I know I just said, oh, well, you want your AHL to be young. There's a lot of AHL teams that aren't. These guys are playing against grown men, grizzled NHL veterans that are trying to make their way back up to the NHL. Yeah, in the playoffs last like, year, like that, that became Rochester's biggest problem is they were running into teams that, like, no, no, they're built for the AHL. Right. Like, yeah. they're bigger, like the Hershey strong, Bears. Yeah, the Hershey Bears specifically. Like, yeah. So there's lots of, you know, there's things to take away from the AHL, and there's also stuff where you have to 
kind of keep an open mind to what mm-hmm. they're actually playing against. Yeah. Real quick, I want you to give the I want to give this uh, food for thought during the break. Okay. Say the Sabers trade Casey Middlestat and one or two of their prospects. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Think about that, and then All right. we'll get back into it. We'll do that when we come back. If you want to join the conversation, 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. And you're listening to WGR. Contest time. The call number 5 at 716-221-4WGR. That's 716-221-4947. To win a pair of tickets to see Tower of Power on Saturday, March 2nd at OLG Stage at Fallsview Casino at 8 p.m. Plus a $100 dining voucher at Overtime Sports Lounge. Must be 19 years of age or older to win. And for tickets, visit FallsviewCasinoResort.com. Good luck. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way, yeah. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. I was going to say, I don't think we actually said it on air yet. Did you get me anything? Uh, no, no, come on, oh, no. Right. Well, I thought, With that being said, so like both I me, thought we had something special. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> Valentine's Day is weird because it always falls like on the middle of the week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so like you really, it's it's tough to operate like like the hours I work, I work, you know, I work till about eight at night yeah, most so nights. you're working through dinner time. I'm not going like to dinner tonight. Like I'm not right. going to do that. Yeah. So me and my girlfriend have already talked about it. It's like, yeah, well, like we'll plan something two, three, four weeks in advance, and we'll just do it like when like the weather's nicer. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like that's, I was terrified. Honestly, that's a great call because then the weather's nice and you can go outside and do something. Right. Yeah. And, Whereas like, the whole like, thing, like that's that's it's in the middle of February. Like, look, we've had a nice-ish late winter. I think Punk's Tony Phil lied, but that's just me. Well, he's a liar, and we all know that. He is. I mean, it's 20 degrees outside this morning when I got up. Yeah, but it's sunny. So, like, it, it's like... it's like. I guess the sun is back. Yeah. That, that makes it nice. So, I mean, it makes it somewhat nice. But, yeah. So, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Hope you have a great day. Hope it's hope it's lovely. If you are single, treat uh, yourself. Lovely. Treat yourself. You know? You, look at you with the puns. That's what I do. The it's Bills... I, the bills and, I, I don't think the Sabres have posted yet, but the Bills posted their... Uh, the bill, The Bills... Their their Valentine's their, their, their Twitter. Oh, the Sabers posted them too. Oh, did they good? The good. grass is always greener with you by my side. Oh, Green, nice. Way. There we go. You're my number one. Ooh, UPL UPL. I'm, yeah, actually, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through this. Okay, and you're gonna guess them. There's not a star in heaven we can't reach. Oh man, think about the goal songs. Oh, that's uh, Jeff Skinner. Yeah, you are exactly what I need. Oh, you gotta send that one to your girlfriend. Exactly what I need, and it's Zach, Zach Benson. Benson. Yeah. I might do that actually. That, one, that, that is fantastic. <laughs> Mainly because I have a dorky sense of humor. That really, it's I want to make myself laugh first, and then you. <laughs> yeah, so right. It'll it'll fit my it'll fit my the vibe. bills the bills ones were good too. I, I I love when like teams do this. Um, you have we're the perfect pair. You have Josh Allen and Peppa Pig. Yes, you make me feel warm and fuzzy. It's Stefan Diggs in his pink tracksuit that he wore that oh, one game. Yep, yep, yep. Um, what's cooking good looking with James Cook? <laughs> That's just great. It's Love great. that. Love that. All right, we are going to take another quick time out here. We've been talking a lot of Sabres this first hour. Do want to jump a little bit to the Bills, some draft prospects. Field Yates had his 1.0 mock draft today, and he had a prospect that I know a lot of Bills fans have been keying on we'll talk about that when we come back if you want to join the conversation 803-0550 is the number to call zach jones josh schmidt hanging out with you for another hour here on the extra point show you're listening to wgr daniels looking downfield he wants a shot for brian thomas into the end zone touchdown oh brian thomas jr out of lsu there and yeah 
Field Yates Day of ESPN had his 1.0 mock draft come out today. And at 28th overall, he has the Buffalo Bills selecting LSU's Brian Thomas Jr. He also has the Kansas City Chiefs selecting Adonai Mitchell. But what is interesting there, and really where <laughs> I want to really where I want to jump into this, and I also, you know, we would love to hear your calls, 803-0550. Who do you want the Bills to go get? Who's the guy you've kind of zeroed in on? I, you know, we've still got the combine and, and such to go, but who's kind of the guy that you've had your early eyes on? For me, it's been Brian Thomas Jr., yes. Troy Franklin out of Oregon is somebody I have really fallen in love with fast. I am much higher on Jalen Polk out of Washington than I think most people are. I'm a big fan of his. I would actually, Josh, to be perfectly honest with you, if they went D-tackle in round one, Jalen Polk in round two, and I would be in love with that draft class. Why not? Or early bits of the draft why class. Why not both? Why not we just go Brian Thomas Jr. and, and then Jalen Polk. Polk? And then, because I know defensive tackle is... Then worry about it's a need, But it just... You can't pass up on premier talent. <laughs> exactly. Because That's... you never know who's going to be your bust. Because there's always busts every single year. Yeah, you're not going to hit every pick. Yeah, and... With, in my opinion, with the wide receiver being such a glaring need, it, the more early darts at the dartboard you have, the better chances you're going to get. Absolutely, absolutely. And and that's where I, I listened to it as I was driving in today. Jeremy was bringing up the stat that in the first three rounds of the draft, the Bills have picked the most running backs out of any team in the NFL and have yet to pick a wide receiver in that run. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you I almost crashed my car <laughs> on principle, I mean that. <laughs> because as a team, and, and Jeremy brought this up, her, and, and, I, and I could not agree more. Just for a team that throws the ball as much as the Bills do, right. for a team like Baltimore, for as much as they run the ball, to have spent way more wide receiver is stunning. And it made me furious. What's also really interesting about this um, this mock draft from Field Yates is Marvin Harrison Jr. going fourth, which I don't think is crazy, but at the same time it is a little weird to look at. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Caleb Williams goes one. Jaden Daniels goes two, Drake May goes three. This is what I want to talk about a little bit with Field Yates' mock draft. There's been a lot of talk of like potentially six, maybe even seven wide receivers going in round one. I think that's a fair thought process to have. I don't think it happens. Mm-hmm. We look at Field Yates' is mock draft here, and, and this is just one, but it's kind of it, it works with my thesis, so I want to use it. I'm selfish. Don't worry about it. His first receiver that goes off the board is at four to Arizona, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Marvin Harrison Jr., so to anyone that wants to call in, hey, the Bills trip to go get Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm just going to say this now, and this will be my stance till April. Cool. So you want to trade up to the top five. End point. Good luck. That's it. It's <laughs> good luck. So Marvin Harrison goes for next guy is at six to the New York Giants. That's Malik Neighbors, the number one receiver out of LSU. Makes sense. Should have been the Blitnikoff Award winner. I'm not upset about it. At number <laughs> seven, the Tennessee Titans. The next receiver, Roma Dunze, the number one receiver out of Washington. Josh, when is the next receiver taken in his mock draft? 28th to the Bills. Yep. Brian Thomas Jr. That's 20. The only that's other, 19, 19 yeah. picks. The only other skill position player that is taken before Brian Thomas Jr., Brock Bowers at 16 to the Seattle Seahawks. Considered wow. one of the best college tight ends ever. No running backs. Well, yeah, I'm not, not even surprised by that. There's not even like, there's not even like a <laughs> no, Bijan or like a Najee Harris But name. it's just funny because last year you're looking at Bijan and you're, wow, he might be, you know. Is he going to go top five? Top five like, does he yeah. fall the way? Yeah. It's really interesting, though. Like, I, I look at the Bears taking Caleb Williams at one. Mm-hmm. And there's all this talk of, oh, what if the Bears trade out? What if they, you know, trade down, get a bunch of picks, whatever. 
Is it crazy if the Bears just say, you know what, we need this. Let's take Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. See, I my thing is I, like, is there more? Is there more value in that that rather than trading back to like two or three, getting a couple other picks and then taking Marvin Harrison? Jr.? I'll say no, only because the value of having a cheap quarterback. With Fields, you're getting real close to having to do the fifth-year option and then potentially paying him. Mm. With Williams, clock starts over. That's true. And at nine, there is a chance Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors does fall to there. This is just mm. one mock draft. I've seen dozens at this point that have had a Dunze and Neighbors both falling to nine and being taken by the Bears. And that, to me, immediately makes the Bears one of the more fascinating teams, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL as a whole. Now, with that being said... This mock draft, obviously, we've, we've already talked about. Thomas Jr. goes to the Bills at 28. There's only one other receiver taken. It's Adonai Mitchell out of Texas to the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a little frustrating. But A little? But to be fair, though, you know, <laughs> I, we're, we're talking we need yeah. receivers as well. Chiefs who won the Super Bowl are also sitting there going, we have, like, Rasheed Rice, and that's about it. Like, everyone else is <laughs> we not We might that have MVS. Maybe. <laughs> On and a so, good like, day. For them as well, that's a huge need. But I do find it fascinating that there is so many – different ways this draft can go because of how deep the wide receiver class is. I'm not surprised that some teams in the middle of the first round decide to wait and maybe go get a guy like, as I've talked about, you know, Adonai Mitchell, he goes at 32 in this, could easily fall into the second round. So you're thinking Adonai Mitchell here, Troy Franklin doesn't go, Xavier Worthy, the other receiver out of Texas, Roman Wilson, Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, the Florida State wide receivers. Roman, or uh, not Roman Wilson, but uh, Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. Lad McConkey. Lad McConkey out of Georgia. Like, like, there's just so many names. We didn't even bring up Javon Baker out of, out of UCF. Could also be somebody that's in the second round. Xavier Leggett. Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. There's so many names that I would not be surprised if only four or five went because teams are like, why would I do that? I can just wait. There's only so many teams that are in a similar spot to the Chiefs and the Bills where they're like, no, that might be our biggest need. Yeah, For teams, if it's their second or third need, there's no reason to reach for the fourth, fifth, sixth receiver when they can go get the second best edge rusher or the best guard tack or best guard prospect. You know, like that's it's kind of one of those situations. And that's kind of where like I'm I'm so excited for this draft class because I think we forget last year's class. There's a reason why the Bills went Dalton Kincaid. There wasn't a ton of receiver quality at the top end of the draft. You really had four names. Now, two of them went really well. We're still kind of waiting to see on Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then Quentin Johnson was a disaster last year. <laughs> yeah, that was, but that Zay was Flower, funny. Yeah, but Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison were fantastic and played really good roles on their teams. This receiver class is significantly better than last year's. Significantly better. All three of the top three would be the number one overall receiver in last year's class, and I think Brian Thomas Jr. would also be the number one overall receiver in last year's class if you know you took this year and put him in last year. It's it like, and I think that's going to be a big thing of just value wise. Teams will be willing to wait, and the Bills could get lucky because you know it's all luck. I mean, you got to hope other teams don't go certain ways, and could fall into their lap a guy like a Brian Thomas Jr. or a Troy Franklin out of Oregon. I think would be another great pickup for the Bills. Let's go back to the phones and get to Butch on the East Side. Butch, how are we doing this morning? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thanks so much for taking my call. Great show. Uh, very interesting. And um, I got a couple things I want to say. Plus, I want to tap in on the last topic you said about the Sabres because it kind of go with the combination that I'm speaking about the Buffalo Bills. Number one, our head coach is, is going to position that he's never been in before. 
and I hope that he adapts to this, which I know he probably has to, and that is that he has to play young players now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the generation now, just like you two gentlemen are young gentlemen, and I, I, I'm a fan of both of you. You're up and coming in this radio game, and by you guys getting opportunity to actually perform, people like myself and other people who are listening that loves this show can see the talent that you guys have. That's the exact same thing I'm telling Sean McDermott to do with these young players. Coming in this draft, and I know you probably might disagree with me, and I understand, is that I hope that Brandon Bean moves back, pick up more selections based off some things like you just finished speaking about, about the t- how deep in the receiver group the talent is. But my my guy is Powers out of out of Oregon, the center. Uh, I really I really like this gentleman. I really believe that keeping Josh Allen up, Josh Allen can make no name no names, house names as a receiver group. And if you keep that offensive line strong, you can do that. And I can, and I hope that Brandon Bean uses this draft and does not go back uh, in, in the first round, maybe to the beginning of the second round, but pick up more picks during a regular uh, day two and day three as well. Now, I say that, and then I'm going to use the Sabres now. This is what I would like. I don't know. You guys are going to totally disagree. But I believe, and just like I just spoke about you two guys have been getting opportunities, these young kids in Rochester right now, uh, you know, are getting opportunities. But at the same time, my thing is confidence. And I, I'm like this. I was always taught sometimes you got to get your butt whipped a lot of times. You're going to be good at, at eventually. And uh, I look at teams and I look at college teams and they're losing. We're already losing it. We're already losing downtown Buffalo. Why not lose with young players? You know, at least we know the players are going to eventually get confidence. They're going to be good one day. They're already up at the they're already up at the top level playing against the top players. But they already they it's no choice but to be up. Don't get me wrong; they can go to Rochester and score a lot of goals and make household names, and then we could take a name and plug them into the roster on the losing team, and they might not do so well. Like Levi, they we want to send them right back down. No, keep them up. Keep them up. Let them get beat up a little bit. Let them let them get get their confidence. Let them get the opportunity. Like I'm speaking about you guys. This is what I'm saying about the young players. The Kansas City Chiefs just won a Super Bowl with so many young two-year players. It was ridiculous. They got rid of – years ago, they got rid of their wide receiver that went to Miami. They never got another one to replace them. They still win. It's based off certain players and certain positions that you have already on your team. We already have a Josh Allen. Let's just keep building around him and building you know, young pieces around on defensive end. This brother young defense where some of these players might get beat up at the same time. Allen is going to score the, score enough points for us to overcome that. I appreciate your opportunities. I, I love you guys. I, I'm I'm a fan of you too. I can see big things ahead of you guys uh, later on and down the line. And I support you guys. I support WGI. I love all the fans. And thank you so much for taking my call. And I love both of you. Take care now. Thank you so much, Butch. And thank you for the kind words. Thanks, uh, Butch. Appreciate it. I will tell you though, I am going to disagree with you on the Bills point. I. Uh... A center in the first round? I well, he he was he was saying like you know I, I don't know where he meant, but he was saying move off of the picks and, well, and I, I like gather other trading, selections. Trading down makes sense always if they're if if the value doesn't make sense with where the pick you're right. At. Like if you want to pick you know Xavier Leggett and it's like well he's not really my our first round talent mm-hmm. then okay trade out of the first round. I will tell you though they already got ten selections. Right, they're going to have some of the most in the draft already. Yes, mm-hmm. a lot of them are later round selections. But Bean has done really well in those selections, getting incredible value 
And that's where you can go get a cornerback or another safety where, I mean, you've seen Bobby Babbage and Sean McDermott really develop in some truly great players at those positions. I mean, look at Terrell Bernard, a third-round pick at linebacker. All of a sudden, you know, we Josh, at this time last year, we were sitting here going, I mean, if Edmund leaves, what, what are we doing a middle linebacker? Like, what are we going to do? Bernard is probably better than him. In his first year starting, I mean, at least in big plays-wise. I mean, right. what's, what's going to be next year? And, you have and he didn't have Matt Milano around him much at all this year. I mean, yeah. he had to be the guy, and he was great. So, you know, but with, with all that being said, I'm all for the young movement. I, I was for it with the Sabres. That's why I was frustrated that Oposo and Gergensons were back. But on the Bills, that for me is the key thing. I want to see this team get younger. I want them to lean into the young talent. I understood the feeling of... Yeah, but you got to play the old talent now. It's working. They're really good guys like the Micah Hyde's, Jordan Poyers, what have you. Josh, honestly, I don't think this team has had a solid number two receiver since the first year Stephon Diggs was here with John Brown. And I mean outside receiver. Cole Beasley is his own animal because he's a slot guy. It's, it's right. now the same yeah. with, with uh, Khalil Shakir. He's going to be the slot guy. Or, uh, yeah, Khalil Shakir. He's going to be the slot guy. He's not necessarily going to be the number two boundary wide receiver. Like, so like that's a different thing there. But they really haven't had a number two wide receiver since that first year, they've constantly tried to, oh, let's throw Emmanuel Sanders in there. Oh, we got really old fast? Oh, that's a shame. Oh, Gabe Davis had a great playoff game. I mean, look, maybe we got to <laughs> think about that. And we've done it for the last two years. And so now a lot of this has kind of just been piecemealing it together. It's where I don't really even care about the wide receiver market in free agency. I don't care at all. Because I, I don't want, either. I want to get younger. I want to get faster. Aside from Michael, I want to get cheaper. Aside from Michael Pittman and Mike Evans, maybe, everyone is Gabe Davis or worse. And if you're trying to replace Gabe Davis, you're not going to go out there and get, oh, I, like, oh, Michael Pittman might not even mm-hmm. be better than him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, because you're, it's, oh, man, yeah, I got to pay him I just don't really like a him. lot. I don't, <laughs> you know, just just looking at Pittman, Evans would be something just because, like, he just routinely puts up 1,000 yards. Like, and he's yeah, a Hall of Fame talent. Evans, That's Evans one thing. I would be okay with, but, yeah. but that, you're not. You but but Pittman, I just don't even think helps the Bills with what they want to do. Like, it's not the, he's like not we've the... talked about replacing Gabe Davis. I don't want to replace Gabe Davis with just another Gabe Davis who's good at blocking and you get him for the 50-50 balls and all this stuff. No, I want a guy who can separate. I want a guy that if he catches the ball and there's like five yards of space because he's open, he's going to kill a defense. The word everyone should use when you're talking about Gabe Davis, this is also if he leaves, which is more and more likely by the day. I I don't it, it think is. It, it is. it's going to happen. But it's not replace, it's upgrade. Yeah, you, like, you want to upgrade not the number two. Him. You want to upgrade the number two wide receiver position. If if Diggs was leaving, it'd be yeah, we're replacing him. Mm-hmm. If Davis is leaving, it's you're upgrading because you had a guy who down the stretch had five catches. Mm-hmm. Like granted, he was dealing with an injury, but he had five catches maybe mm-hmm. in his last six games. Yeah, and and maybe like ten targets. Not good in five games. As a number two wide receiver, it's really bad. He had multiple games this year. We had none. I we mean, had just, none I mean, of each. Flat out none. None. No targets or reception. And then you had, like, you know, like the Tampa game every now and then, where all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my god, he had twelve targets and nine catches." But right. like, th- that's the inconsistencies. Like that cannot happen. That's fine if it's a rookie wide receiver that you grabbed in the second or third round. That like, yeah, they're still trying to figure out their way. King Aid this year at tight end was that. Gabe yeah. Davis is in what his fourth year, and we're still sitting here going, ah, "I don't really know. I can get game in, game out." <laughs> that needs to be upgraded. That needs to be upgraded. And then the only real issue they're going to run into, and where I do think like defensive tackle absolutely should be on the board also around one, right, in yeah. terms of an idea, is you have, what, four defensive linemen under contract, two of which are Von Miller and Kingsley Jonathan. That's not great. No. That's not awesome. 
And your defensive tackle position specifically does not really have anyone but Ed Oliver under uh, under contract. So I will get that. I've I like guys like the Texas guys, Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. I would be happy as hell if one of those two fell to twenty eight and they took them, especially if four or five receivers have been taken up to that point. Because then I know there's talent in the second round and they're absolutely going to attack that position. And I'd be stunned if if Brandon Bean did not move up. But man, like it's just. They need to get younger at that position. They need to get faster at that position. Desperately. I tweeted out here before we came back from the break. Just a flat, you know, how would you feel if the Bills land Brian Thomas Jr. at 28? And for the most part, it's been pretty positive. Wide receiver train, which is literally his name on Twitter, which that's <laughs> fantastic. Like, I'm ready for the damn season to kick off. That's beautiful. Love that. Uh, we had Bills Fisher tweet in. He just tweeted in a picture of Troy Franklin. Totally understand that. I think Franklin's kind of my guy. Uh, Thomas, I have a little bit of, of worriness if he's going to be great as an all-around wide receiver. I just I feel like the sky's the limit with Troy Franklin, I, I truly. And, and he would add something I've been desperate for with the Bills, which is speed. He is going to run in the 4-3s in the 40. And I think the Bills' offense desperately needs it. Because, honestly, Josh, that's where I think they really haven't replaced John Brown. Who's fast, who's fast right. on this team? Yep. And I don't mean like in a Deontay Hardy type situation or an Isaiah McKenzie situation where you're like the the gadget of the slot guy. No, I mean like he's on the outside and he's running. Right, because Di- they haven't Diggs, replaced it. Diggs doesn't even really have that. Diggs has the separation ability of you know he's just a great athlete and if he's covered or even double covered he can make a crazy catch. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Diggs is a speed demon down the sideline or anything. Like yeah, sure he's fast. Diggs, Diggs is quick. I would never yeah. say he's. I would never say he's a burner. I would say he's very quick. Right. And so like, he, that's my he has that quick movement where it's just boom, yeah. all of a sudden he's gone. Which is why like I've been a big fan of Troy Franklin, but also Brian Thomas Jr. I'm, again, the combines later this month, so we'll get official measurements there. But he's also going to be somebody that runs in the low four fours, maybe high four threes. Yep. They desperately need that. They need speed because this is also one of the. I mean, Josh, what's been the key the key phrasing for the Bills' offense when Explos- they got explosive, explosive, but it's been yak. Yards after catch. Mm-hmm. They just don't have it. And I think a lot of it is because they're not getting guys that separate, and they have guys that when they get the ball, they can't break away from defenders. What's a scenario where the Bills trade up in the first round? Like 95%. It's like well, 95%. How high do they go? Like three or four picks, maybe. Yeah? You don't think it's... You, nothing, nothing crazy. Do you I would think be they, stunned you, if they pick a 28. Do you think they get to 20? Is that too Ooh, much? That might be fun. Like, not, not, I don't want to say not it, 20 uh, itself, but do you think they can get higher than 25, let's say? I think so, yeah. 20 to 25 is a, still a doable range? Yeah, I think so. I, I would, I'm telling you, I'd be stunned if they pick a 28. They haven't picked up their first-round pick in the last two drafts. Right. They've traded up to go get their guy when, when they're within range. Three, three fifth-round picks? I think it's three fifth-round picks. i got to now look at the Two bill. or three. I know they have multiple in the fifth round. But I, I, to me, it's, it's, it's tricky because I look at the value of an NHL draft pick to an NFL draft pick, mm-hmm. and it's completely different. And it's... Mind boggling. They have two fifths, two three six. It's the three, three six, six. Okay. and then a seventh. But it's to, and then to, they will also likely get a third as a compensatory pick for Edmonds. And that'll be pick ninety nine. I think so. Yeah. In most because in most mock drafts that I've done, that is where the Bills pick in the third round. Yeah. Is ninety nine. Um, but my point is, is what what picks there can they trade up? Like, how many picks would it take to, to trade up? That obviously you're trading pick twenty eight in this scenario. But is it enough of 28, a fifth round, and a sixth round? Yeah. Like, is that enough? It, it wouldn't be crazy because it, 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 
obviously, I mean, we're not breaking ground when we say this. You got to have two to tango. Right. But, yeah. it, but you, that could also be yeah. a team that's like, you know what? I want to take a Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. I want to keep that that fifth round or that fifth year option being a first round pick. But maybe taking him at 21, 22 is too much. Pittsburgh. So I move back Pittsburgh. At 20. At 20. That's kind of who I was thinking of. So we move back eight spots or whatever and kind of don't have any fear that anyone will take him. Tampa at 26? Maybe, but they're probably going to lock in Baker Mayfield to a long-term contract. Right, that's true. And honestly, moving up two spots isn't really that big of a deal. You're jumping yeah. the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't going to take a wide receiver because they're probably going to take Brian, or Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. So, But it could be one of those things where you're like, I want to get this done. I want to make yep. sure no one else – I want to make sure Kansas City can't jump in front of us. I want to make sure Baltimore doesn't get their pick at wide receiver because they may still take one. It's it's funny you say Kansas City because I'm looking at a mock draft that I did probably like an hour ago. Love it, love it. And in this mock draft, I only did fifth. I only did five rounds just because I wanted to see what talent – and I only picked wide receivers not because it's funny, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. because I wanted to see who was available where. In this mock draft, you had Marvin Harrison Jr. going at four. And then you have Malik Neighbors going at seven to Tennessee instead of at six to to the Giants. Yeah, I don't know if I fully trust this mock draft because they also had Washington taking offensive tackle at second overall, which is oh Joe Elt. No, um, or Fishanu, the Penn State guy. Oh, Fishanu. Fishanu. Okay, the Penn State guy. Yeah, the Penn State guy. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you can fully trust this mock draft, but bear with me. So in this draft, Kansas City traded with Dallas to twenty four. Okay. And they drafted Roma Dunze. Oh, no, there's no chance. There, no chance. There's not a chance that Roma Dunze is there, but the fact that the sheer fact that they traded up above the Bills and took a wide receiver in this simulated mock draft scared me so much. Like, I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's fair. And that's where I'm saying, okay, like, can they get above 25? Mm-hmm. Because if something like that were to happen where Kansas City trades up to 24 and takes Brian Thomas Jr. or Troy Franklin, Troy yep. Franklin, it's not great. Yeah. And a lot of this came from, we were talking about Field Yates' mock draft. Uh, he released his 1.0 uh, earlier this morning. Uh, I did put on Twitter just some other responses to how how would you feel? Just the moment of, if they if they draft him at 28, some other responses. Nickel City Kid has, fine, but if Byron Murphy is on the board, I'd rather have him. That is the defensive tackle, one of the defensive tackles from Texas. Uh, younger, um, more potential, I would say, Josh, there. Like, uh, Trevondre Sweat is the other one, 6'4", 335 pounds. I, he, he is going to take up a lot of space on the defensive line. And where I would love him for the Bills is mainly you're going to get the most out of Ed Oliver, where Byron Murphy, you would just have two really good guys that I think could both help each other out. Murphy, though, I have a feeling is kind of going to be ranked as the number one defensive tackle in this in this year, and that's where I just I would be shocked if he gets to Buffalo. With that being said as well, if you're worried the Bills' defensive line is undersized, this pick would continue that. Murphy's about six foot one. He is three hundred pounds though. But if you're worried that they're undersized, that probably continues here. Where for me, kind of like a lot of how I felt about Osiris Torrance last year, he's massive for a guard and he takes up a ton of space. I kind of feel the same way about Tavondre Sweat, who's very quick on his feet. If you've seen some of his workout videos or stuff like that he does on sidelines, he does not move like he has three hundred and thirty five pounds. He moves like he's like two eighty. And this is also why Texas had him, I think, twice this year run out for touchdowns at the goal line, which was emotional, to say the least. And, 
like he would he would really help Buffalo immediately. He would have likely a spot right away because just of what's available that they have on the defensive line. Would a guy like Sweat be available at sixty? Probably not. At or... sixty, it's going to be tough. I think his size is such a positive. Yeah. That I think teams are going to jump at him. But late, where... for, late first round, early second, absolutely. That's where you could say, like, let's say the Bills trade up in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. What if part of the package is? Yeah, the Bills are going to send maybe next a, a pick from next year's draft, but they're also going to get another pick in the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can say, all right, well, we're going to move up in the first round, draft a wide receiver, and then we're going to draft Sweat earlier in the second round than we thought we were yep. going to draft. So, I don't know. There's, I, I, I like the idea of them moving up in rounds one and two, personally, mm-hmm. just because of the amount of runoff you're going to have into round two. Yeah. Whereas, if the Bills are at 60 in round two, it's it's you're still going to get great talent there, but I feel like it's more advantageous to jump I'm, up I'm, in that I'm round as well. I'm banging the drum so hard if he's there in the second round. Jalen Polk, the wide receiver out of yes. Washington. Yep. He is somebody – you're not going to hear me talk about him a ton when it comes to the first round just because he's, he he will be there at 28. There's very little chance he is gone because he's really a second-round prospect. Mm-hmm. I just – I know I'm higher on him than most. I think he's a very fluid wide receiver. I think he's very athletic. I think he kind of offers everything you want, and he's 6'2". And he's about 210 pounds. So he's not skinny. He adds size. He's going to run in like the four fours. I, he's a ton of fun. I just think he is going to be there in the second round. Maybe not 60, but if they took a defensive tackle in round one, I am going to be banging the drum as loud as my skinny body will allow me <laughs> to get Polk in the second round earlier than 60, 60 as well. I wanted them to trade up. We're going to take a quick time out here. If you want to join our conversation, let us know who the prospect you are most intrigued by early on here in this draft process. You can do so at 803-0550. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. You're listening to WGR. It wasn't me mad at Coach Reed as, as it looks. It was the frustration of our team not having success, turning the ball over, and me being on the sideline. On not the sideline. Damn it. It was pleading with your head coach to let you go out there and win this one. That's what it was. Me and you both know what it was. Andy knows what you mean to him and what he means to you. Travis Kelsey there on the Pat McAfee show. And cool, yeah, uh, but don't act like a psycho. I don't know. Uh, it was on New Heights. That was on New Heights. I, I don't know. I, I don't really care for the explanation. It, it was a ridiculous reaction, and you've done it twice this year. It was also on Christmas Day. Is he a locker room cancer? Some no. people are saying so. No, I'm just I mean, kidding. A, yeah, but that's what they'd yeah. say if it was Diggs. Yeah, it, like, no, exactly. That's what they would be saying but if it was me, literally anyone other than Travis Kelsey. It doesn't yeah. even matter that it's, it's it, if it was Diggs. If if Brandon Ayuk did that to Kyle Shanahan, it's it, it's the same conversation. It's like, so ridiculous. I, like, but it's because it's Travis Kelsey. Like it's because it's Travis Kelsey, and they won. Right. It's yeah. much easier to defend yourself and laugh it off when the confetti's falling would and that, you're like, oh, we won the Super Bowl. Would it's that have way... been a bigger story if they lost? Absolutely. Oh, I think that probably would have been the stories. main story for the Chiefs I don't, if they I lost. Think, I think the main conversation on any talking head show is, yeah, why, is Travis is Kelsey coming back to Kansas City? Like, I, I, it wouldn't like, have been that. It would have been no, I think it's, it's, an, it's what, we're in the first quarter when he does that? Uh, early second? Whenever... Whenever Pacheco fumbles, I think it's the early second. Early second. So it's relatively early in the game. It's close, and he's freaking out, almost knocks over Reed. Look, I get it. And, and I heard Steve Tasker talk about it on one of those live that you know, emotions are running hot. And I get that. We've seen like guys yell at each other the whole thing. More my fact is he's done this twice where he like is getting in Reed's face, screaming at him. And I don't believe him when he's saying, like, I'm like telling him I want to get in the game. 
What? I mean, he did yeah. say he crossed the line when he did that. Oh, yeah. So. Well, he's well, of course he's going to say Because he realizes, because yeah. like, they say it on air in front of everyone. Oh, yeah, I love him, the whole thing. Probably afterwards, Reed was like, what the hell was that, dude? Yeah. You can't come just screaming in my ear. We're like, trying to play together. a game. Yeah. yeah, get it together. Well, and also, too, he did some not, – not that, but he did something similar earlier in the year where he, like, threw his helmet while he was on the sideline. And yeah. had like a whole thing. I don't know. I I, like, I don't find this Chiefs team's very very likable anymore. Really outside no. really outside of Reed. I still love Reed. He's but, funny. But you have Mahomes having a whole hissy fit for like a good day and a half about the refs after they made a good call, which yeah. I think he ultimately did acknowledge that afterwards, like when he watched it, it was a fine call. And then you have Kelsey who's had two freakouts at Reed. I mean, legitimately like screaming in his face. For whatever re- I think, because he's not in the game when a player fumbles or because someone doesn't catch a ball, whatever. There's other players, dude. Other people got to make correct decisions. It, it, they're just they're not nearly as likable. I love Chris Jones. I love Andy Reid. I do want them to start losing though. I'm just, they also I'm, just I need uh, them to start losing. Man, they just locked up Spagnolo too. He is in for a contract extension, which makes sense because uh, his tenure at St. Louis was so bad. That essentially, it feels like he's never going to get a head coaching opportunity again. I think another thing that's going to run into a problem for him is his team is always there, like the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl, like every year. So, you know, jobs are getting filled up quickly. And you kind of saw it this year with Washington. I think a lot of what, why you've seen like a lot of PR, like, you know, saving grace from both Washington and Ben Johnson's party has been Washington was waiting to hire Ben Johnson. That's who they zeroed in as their guy. I think they kind of believed that. And then Johnson either had a change of heart or was too expensive. I know Justina Anderson was reporting that kind of early on in the coaching carousel that he, I think, wanted $15 million a year. That's a lot of money for a first-time head coach especially. And so like, I think that's also going to be a problem for him too is he's staying because the team's in the playoffs forever. They don't lose. They're never out early where it's like, cool, we're all done. We can go interview now. Like, it's quick Zoom interviews. You're not even going to their facilities. You're staying home because you're preparing for the next game. I don't know. You know, I I guess it's my thing. It's just Spagnuolo probably should get a head coaching job. Yeah. But it's the same with uh, with um, um Cincinnati's uh, defensive coordinator. I'm thinking of Lou Amarillo, but I know that's not him at all. Anna Rumo. Anna Rumo. You, you were Lou, close. Lou Anna Rumo. <laughs> and he's kind of the same thing where, you know, like, like when he was the hot name, they were in the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game and head coaching spots were filled up. And now he's not a hot name anymore. It, it's the shame of it. It sucks. But you got to get that done well before the combine. Because then, like, you've got to get your staffs ready. You've got to get the ball rolling. Does he even want to be a head coach? I wonder. I think he probably Some people still are probably does. just would rather be an offensive or a defensive coordinator. I mean, on a winning team. Yeah, like, on a you're, winning you're team. You're winning. Yeah, you keep you, winning. You've won three Super Bowls in five years. I don't really care if I'm if I'm the water boy. Like, yeah. Like, I'm just I, happy I to be ring. there. Like, I, I get the ring. Like, at least, like, you know, it's not like he's. Not contributing. Like, he's a main factor in no, that defense. And, and to be fair, the last two years, he's kind of become, like, one of the main characters. Like, right. everyone's kind of talked about, like, how the defense has carried a, real, mm-hmm. a rebuilding Chiefs offense. And it's also, it's not like, you know, he's the defensive coordinator under a defensive head coach and people are giving the coach, all, the head coach, yeah, exactly. all of the Like, everyone the knows, like, no, no, this is, this is Spags' defense. Right, exactly. So it'd be different if it was, like, you know, if Andy Reid was defensive and then it's like, well, Andy Reid taught Spags this, just, or Andy Reid did that. But I like, wonder. I mean, the last time he was a full, full-time full head coach was 09 to 2011 with the St. Louis Rams. 
Like, like times have changed. St. Louis. The L.A. Rams baby. have won a Super Bowl and have been to two. He was with St. <laughs> Louis, and then he was yeah. an interim head coach back in 2017 for the New York Giants. And I think that would have been when – I want to make sure if it was Ben McAdoo that got fired there. I want to make sure. But, so, I mean – I think I think there's got to be a, a thing where he wants to you know try it again. It was Ben McAdoo fired after week 13. Spagnola went one and three uh, in his four games as the interim head coach. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, it makes sense why they're able to keep him. Teams yeah. have to fill jobs, and to be perfectly honest, like they're still playing. They're still playing. He can't really accept another job. Yeah, it's not. It's not like he's going out and interviewing for other stuff and like looking no. around. It's and and if you're again, if you're him, why would you be? Like you, you have full control of your defense. You have Chris Jones. You have. Well, I was going to say Tyron Matthew, but he's not there anymore. Well, Legarius Sneed, Legarius Trent Sneed. McDuffie. Yep, Trent McDuffie. Trent younger, McDuffie, who's you have one of the youngest defenses in the league. Their right. average age. Uh, Omenihu too. Yeah, he was just he was hurt, but their average you know. defensive player age this year is twenty five. Yeah, and you're only going to get younger too because you're you know. If well, Chris Jones is up this year. Uh, you, yeah. You're probably going to re-sign him. I, I get that, but yeah. if you don't, they're all of a sudden younger. I mean, you're 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 building something that has become really really special. And also, if you're Kansas City, is it super out of the blue if you take a defensive player in the first round? Like if you take one of those defensive tackles, I think only if receivers truly are just like out there. Yeah, that like five or six of them have been taken, and you're sitting there at 32, going, "Man, we're taking like, you know." Wide receiver seven or eight. Yeah. I, I think like, then, it, then then it's it, okay it, to be like, yeah. all right, we're we're, we're going to take a defensive tackle because you know maybe they only signed Jones to like a two year deal, mm-hmm. something like that. Excuse me, maybe something along those lines. Maybe their other needs though, they're going to have to get a little bit more help in the offensive line as well. Yeah. Uh, they end up having two of their guards go down with injuries. Uh, the guy that replaced Tooney, I know, also suffered like I think an uh, um um. An elbow injuries while yeah, in the game, yep. but kept playing. Mm-hmm. So you know, you also see um, coming out of the Super Bowl, Hargrave played the whole season with something up with his thumb. Yeah, like I don't know if it was like dislocated. No, or something. it was a tear. It was a tear. tear, a tear in some like thing in his thumb, and it's like that's crazy. Like yeah. the whole, not just like the postseason, the whole year. Yeah, you play with that well, injury, and then and then uh, Dre Greenlaw, who yeah, ends up, he ends up tearing his Achilles on a, on a flu play. That was apparently sad. was dealing with Achilles issues all year. Oh really? Yeah. So, oh, so it was just kind of like it just, it the last of, straw. Yeah, much. essentially the last straw. I mean, it is a fluke injury. He was getting ready oh, to yeah. like go run on the field and kind of like did like a little bit of a hop into a run. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you know, pops and you're like, oh wow, there it goes. I, mean, I, I saw <laughs> the I saw the mic'd up from it yesterday, uh, real quick on Twitter. But like Fred Warner just screamed no. He saw him go down and stay down and, and just scream no. Kittle was like looking around. He's like, did he really like? Tears Achilles and they're like, yeah, they just announced it. And he's like, and just silent for a second. He goes, that's depressing. <laughs> like, like, and, and it that's is a way to put it. <laughs> it's it's such a jarring thing. I mean, I mean, we remember though. Like, it's not the same thing, but something is wrong with Super Bowl grass and turf. Oh, because yeah. remember last yeah. year, that was a huge that issue. Was a huge thing. And you know, tears his Achilles before going onto the field. And then you mentioned. Um, Butker, what he one one of the line drive field goal was because he slipped. Yeah, he slipped, yep. And oh, then there was right. <laughs> you know what's also really funny about all this, and not not really funny at all. Mm-hmm. The World Cup final is going to be played at MetLife Field, where everyone oh, gets hurt. I you're going to oh. have the most expensive ACLs on the planet that... playing on the worst field in in, in all of America. But they're going to have grass, right? They should. That's what I they do for I men's. Don't I don't. I don't know. I don't know. They might. 
They probably will. Like FIFA will probably step in. And I, be like, I hey, think you have to do it. I think so. But it's just weird, like how turf has been so. It went from like this is great to. Well, yeah, it wasn't problem. AstroTurf. Like, that, that was the big thing. Is yeah, it's right. Like, hey, it's still cheaper, but it's not AstroTurf, where, like, if you played at the old vet for Philadelphia, y- you were playing on asphalt. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, Basically where, a where, carpet. Yeah, where guys, like, I mean, everyone that played in the NFC East was like, we hated playing in Philadelphia. Number one, the fans were aggressive, but, like, also, like, you were being tackled on cement that yeah. was painted green. Like, it was awful. Yep. But it's. Even it's, Philadelphia Eagles players were like, I mean, yeah, it was a home field advantage, but, like, you know, in it quotes, advantage. Like, <laughs> I went home and cried in the shower because I was in so much pain kind of deal. <laughs> My body was covered in bruises all yeah. the time. So, I mean, mm. yeah, but yeah, like that's to where we started to on the Kelsey thing. Look, I get it. He may be, you know, heat of the moment. There's also better ways to handle that. Right. Like, way better ways gotta to be, handle You got to be a professional. Like, yeah. you, you can't. And, but, and look, I said the same thing about Diggs, though. Last year, when we're three plays in the AFC Divisional game, and he's freaking out at Allen. And I'm like, dude, we just started. Relax. Right. Because to me, and, and ultimately Kelsey did calm down, though. He had a great second half. His first half was garbage. He was targeted one time for one catch in a yard. So he clearly did have to calm down where, you know, some players don't. Yeah. And it's also, too, with, with, with Kelsey in the first half, it's it's a lot like when you look at the Bills and Chiefs game. Ra- granted, Kelsey had a good game overall, but you look at the first half, it was the Bills have figured out the Chiefs on defense, they're running all mm-hmm. over them, they're playing great, and then the second half, the Chiefs adjusted, and, oh, 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 there goes the game. Yeah, there and, we go. And it was just like this. This game, the Super Bowl, except reversed. It was the offense for the Chiefs was not doing anything. And, oh, look, they adjusted at halftime, and now Man, they're great. It was a boring first half. It was. It was a boring, I was, I was boring first half. Well, it, was, it was hard turn to around, though. Right. Turn around, though. I, yeah. was, I was getting into the game by around the eh, start of the fourth quarter. I was pretty into it. And then over time, I was at the edge of my seat. I'd say, like, third, like end of the third quarter was pretty good for me. Yeah. But but my, my point there, though, is, is like that also just shows the ability of the Chiefs they're one of the few just, teams I've ever seen that can just that can just turn it on. Turn it on like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like in a 15 minute halftime they're like, "Yep, let's go. We're going to do this, this and this." It's also why they're a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes them great. They've got like five Hall of Famers. And my my cl- like clear first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah. And my wonder now or what I wonder now is what's going to happen when Andy Reid leaves. It's always interesting. Always interesting because when, you, like the, the, when when a very clear core piece leaves yeah because you it's, look it's the same at, with kelsey like you'll look at that and go all right well what happens now right and so it's now spags is there too of like all right like if he leaves like well I mean, he won't now because he's signed well but. yeah but i mean like eventually when he does leave i mean that's been a thing the eagles lost their two coordinators were not the same still mm-hmm. a talented team still taking advantage of a bad nfc but not the same team the bills lose dable they're still recovering on the offense right still good but not what they were i think though like when you look at okay kelsey leaving is a lot different than reed leaving because once a player, once a coach. Yeah, I mean, yes, but you look at the you look at the year that Kelsey had, and it looked like he left for most of the year. <laughs> Did until but, the playoffs. Really. But with Reed, I wonder if it's going to be. I don't. I don't think it's going to get to that extent. But I wonder if it's going to be a reverse of Brady Belichick. Kelsey did say on that when I played that clip, he was you know talking about how much he loves. He said that I'll retire when Andy Reid retires. Oh, yeah, because right. they both like immediately when the game ended were like, "Yeah, we're coming back for a three beat." Like, well, like no, yeah, a- any sort of like yeah. debate in the off season was killed like thirty seconds after the season yeah. ended. But my my point there though is is like, what does what does he do for them that isn't going to be there when he leaves? Mm. And that's where I like I said like with Belichick and Brady, it was Brady left and Belichick just 
didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Whereas, is it going to be the reverse? I don't think it's going to be the, to that extent because Mahomes is a great athlete and Mahomes, a bit of Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a different circumstance. But I just I wonder like what's going to change if. And when that happens. I mean, it's, it's how dynasties falls. Eventually, like, that core group is just gone, and they can't really recover, and another team takes over. Right. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll get you ready for Sabres Live coming up at the top of the hour. You're listening to The Extra Point Show here on WGR. Shadows so long before my eyes. And quick final segment here on The Extra Point Show as we get you ready for Sabres Live coming up at the top of the hour Quick final thing I want to talk about, Josh, real quick. And we mentioned this team a little bit ago talking about a potential you know, trading up or trading down situation. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Hmm. They released Mitch Trubisky. They released a few other players to create cap space. Bring Mitch Trubisky back, please. I, so I mean, that too, like <laughs> how do you feel about him as a backup quarterback? I'm, I'd love it. I'm less so, but I would understand it. Uh, okay. okay. How, I, do you, how do you feel about them as potentially going for Justin Fields? Ooh. I Ooh. I both like the idea and hate it because they brought in Arthur Smith as as offensive coordinator. I saw a I mock draft it. where they had him mock where Bo Nix was Bo Nix. I've seen I've Steelers. seen I've seen Nix and Penix both go there. I would and I find like it fascinating. I would like Fields on the Steelers more than I would like Nix or Penix. I think I would too because I think. Well, Penix. Like, so, and okay, Nix, well, you're, you're hitting. Are you age. are you looking I mean, at Arthur Smith as a downside for Fields or hundred percent, one thousand percent? I don't love Arthur Smith as even an OC. I think hmm. he ran the perfect system for Ryan Tannehill, and that's about it. <laughs> and it's really about it. Like it's very run heavy. It very much fits Pittsburgh. But it, it, what what it. was so weird about how run heavy it was is they didn't use Bijan the way they should have. Oh, that was offensive. Back to back Just to everything they did. Back was to so Fields. Bad. Back to Fields in Pittsburgh, though. I think it would work great because Fields has that mobility, where you look at him like, oh, he can run like Lamar Jackson or whatever. Like he has the ability to run. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Arthur Smith could really work with him. It, it could work. I think the thing is, though, if they trade for him, number one's probably going to be a second-round pick, mm-hmm. and that's Pittsburgh is going to sign him to big money after this year. They're yeah. going to have to because you're giving away a second-round pick on a quarterback. And that kind of signals you want to play him. I wonder if they take a wide receiver in the first round then, too, to kind of just give him like a little bit of a boost. Could be interesting. That's going to do it for me and Josh today. I'll be back on air from 10 to 12 tomorrow, joined by Joe Cali. But coming up next... Sabres Live here as they break down the Sabres 7 0 win over the Kings last night. You're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.